Welcome everyone to a brand new edition of Flobo Sauna Netflix. This is a show where I do the things, I do the Lord's work, and I dive deep into the archives of the Netflix library just to give you some recommendations and things I've noticed. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am a film school graduate. Just reminding you guys, if you do know that, I got my MFA from Chapman University about many, many moons ago. So uh, I just want to thank you so much for checking out this episode and all the other episodes, whether or not you're watching this on Patreon, because you guys get it two weeks early at patreon.com slash or on YouTube, where the masses get it, mostly, or on the podcast version. I want to thank you so much uh, for checking that out. And all the other episodes in the Flobo Sauna Netflix series is available there. Now, there was a night uh, I was free, didn't have much to do, and I was trying to think of something to watch personally. I wasn't looking to do an episode of the show, but, you know, you try to go scrolling deep and deep as far as you can to the library, and I was kind of torn because did I want to watch a movie? I don't know. Uh, did I want to watch a series? Did I want to watch a documentary series? All those things are good options, but um, what I noticed is that I haven't really give uh, short form series their due. Like I'm from the era of like 23 episode season shows like The Flash or even TV shows from back then, but we're seeing a whole new open world. So I came across this drama spy espionage personal thing called Queen Sono out of South Africa. And I really want to talk to you about it uh, for, the, for a lot of different reasons. Much like the Shanghai Fortress episode of Global Southern Netflix, I was a bit intrigued about how does another part of the world adapt to the American formula. Now, I know what you're saying. Uh, Americans don't have the entire corner market on movies and cinema. I'm not saying that, but there is a very unique fingerprint and formula until how we make our movies and television shows that you can see adapted. What I'm saying is we in America, we don't own the market when it comes to telling stories, but the structure is pretty much undeniable. In fact, about 30 years ago, I may have mentioned this in other places, I'm not sure if on this show, but there was a book that was released called Save the Cat. And Save the Cat has a lot of good uh, principles that a lot of filmmakers use to this day, but one of the more incitable uh, structural changes that something has to happen every three to five pages on the script, meaning there has to be an exciting action, there has to be a reversal, there has to be a development. Um, and, and so that kind of like shaped American cinema, and that's one of our greatest er exports here in the United States. So I came across Queen Sono, I flipped it on for about five minutes, and I instantly said, it's not for me. I'm gonna go and do something else. I got up and actually made some ice cream, and by make ice cream, I put like raisins and nuts and stuff in it. And I said, no, well, give it a shot. Just give it a shot. I put the plate one down and I was instantly hooked. Now, espionage things are something I like passively. I'm a really big James Bond fan. Uh, I liked Alias as a kid, uh, but I can't name you a bunch of things in that, uh, like down the little middle genre. For me, I guess I liked more of the spoofs, uh, Austin Powers, Johnny English, uh, the tuxedo, I guess, maybe because I'm a comedian um, by heart. But so Queen Sona was a very, very straight tale about this um, operations agent who is the daughter of a slain revolutionary and she is just sapped into this whole big corrupt 
play with there are many different parties at play here um, and it has a lot of uh, allegorical references to the pillaging of Africa uh, from colonial powers because not only like not not in the past where it was England versus uh, the Dutch versus the Spanish versus the, the Italian trying to take land in Africa but rather different interest groups we have the Greeks we have the uh, apartheid supporters uh, we have the own countrymen the old politicians trying to get a slice of the pie themselves corruption is a very heavy theme in queen sono although it doesn't really address what corruption is not that it's responsible to but it is something to think about because no one plans on being corrupt in fact there are a lot of politicians in the course of the first season that were like look i was just trying to do the best i could but rather when you try to look out for your family, when you try to look out for your own interests just to make sure you can survive and you can get ahead, there's a fine line between self-preservation and corruption. So the predator to that whole idea of this modern take of corruption in Africa and vis-a-vis -vis corporations and uh, privatized military forces and what damage that can do to the structure and balance uh, in a country like South Africa, because uh, most of the show takes place in Johannesburg, although there are different scenes uh, happening all across the continent. Here's what it does right. It's, it's short form. Uh, there's only seven episodes per season. As of right now, this recording, this is the, the middle of October. The first season's already wrapped. The second season was announced, so you're going to get more episodes of this tale. I uh, do like the interactions of mixing some of the historical moments of Africa's history, of South Africa's history. Apartheid was very, very real, and it kind of encouraged you to look up on the subject, uh, or how this melting pot is a diverse city in Johannesburg, but also diverse in languages as well. And I had to go look it up. There's like 11 official languages in, in South Africa, which just blows my mind. The main character, Queen Sona herself, uh, speaks Zulu, uh, English, a little bit of Afrikaans, uh, and a couple of languages that were just kind of fleeting there. Um, for those of you who don't know, I actually do watch shows with the captions on. Um, not that I have to. I, I know one time I was uh, playing uh, Netflix with, uh, with some friends. And they're like, hey man, take off the captions, bro. But I don't know, sometimes I like to have the reinforcements while they're speaking English. And sometimes, like in this case, it pays off. It pays dividends because there is a nice weaving of the language, you know. One of the blind spots about being an American is that you hear very little about the rest of the world. And uh, not saying that I had all negative stereotypes about South Africa, but you like you know that a country that advanced uh, doesn't have all of the stories told. And South Africa is very dangerous in this show, but it's like a sexy dangerous, quote unquote, much like how Las Vegas is a sexy dangerous for us here in the United States. Um, I would say compared to how Detroit is portrayed in fictional fictional works. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's different levels to it. So it's kind of cool to see people going about their business, going to schools, giant skyscrapers, uh, uh, people wearing uh, fancy clothes, seeing the cultural um, throwbacks of the past mixed with the present. Um, to me, that was all great. I think that was part of the visual language. Uh, some of the landscapes, the the settings of the cities were pretty cool to see had a very miami vice or csi miami vibe where you just felt immersed in the colors and the wash of things i thought that's what made it at least a view 
And uh, I actually, there was, a, there was a point in time, I think, in the middle of the first episode, I go, well, am I going to cover one episode? Am I going to cover each episode individually? But I will say, and I'm not really a binging person, I think Queenstown needs to be, uh, like, absorbed in chunks. I did it in two chunks, two sittings. I did three and three. Um, I, I think a lot of the storylines uh, do get uh, minimized on some episodes and not re- um, introduced until very very later which might be frustrating if you're a kind of person likes to watch an episode at a time and you go wait what was that from oh yeah and sometimes some beats get repeated or sometimes you'll have spats of dialogue which pretty much reestablishes what characters are feeling uh, the term is called exposition that's when characters tell you what the plot is that's when characters say things out loud like their relationships like uh, if my brother is in the room, I almost in my real life, I've never called my brother big brother, but this happens, you know, big brother, you know, I haven't seen you in five years. What are you up to? Like, those are things that will become frustrating if you were binging all seven in a row because you're like, man, I, I know that you said that two hours ago. So uh, I recommend taking it into multiple sittings, but not necessarily watching one and coming back and watching another. I did mine in, in two chunks. Um, the main character here, Pearl Thusi, who plays Queen Sono, uh, is definitely one to watch. Uh, she is a capable martial artist, I guess, or she's capable in her fight scenes. Um, she does play the range of trying to have like this um, harsh exterior, being a special agent, and also the the soft underbelly of being this daughter of this revolutionary, uh, not being in a world in life as a spy who uh, doesn't allow her to settle down and find someone she really likes. Um, I think one of the best scenes is when... Um, one of her friends tries to reconcile after having an argument and he goes to her apartment and she goes, you know, Queen, I want to talk to you. I'm sorry I was so harsh to you. Yeah, come on, let me know. Or her doctor, her, her therapist. And she was like in the middle of a fight scene. <laughs> she, she had done like, like beat up three guys and they were all, you know, bleeding all over her wooden floors and everything. And she had a guy in a sleeper hole and he was like dying and, and, and she was covered in glass and blood. And, and there was this moment of, I want you in my life. I want you literally inside of my life to see what I deal with on a daily basis. But I know for the safety and security, I cannot. And her hesitation and her going, oh, go away. You know, it was, it was like, damn, man. Like, I can't say I teared up, not there, but I thought that was a very poignant character beat uh, that, that really brings home the humanity of a show like Queen Sono. So I'm so glad that it got renewed. I really want to see more of that dynamic, the dynamic of saving the world but still having her own issues. Granted, it's something you see a lot in these kinds of films, but I think because of the unique nature, again, at least from the American's perspective, of a positive African protagonist dealing with issues on that continent, uh, and in the instance of greater good, this is like fresh. And this is why I'm like, I want to see what this what more of this means. Um, overall, it's a decent story. Uh, that one that tries to get bigger, sometimes it gets a little bit too big for its own britches. You see characters kind of come and go, especially on the outside of, of ambitions of you know, people that want to move up the political ladder, uh, individuals that may know other characters tangently. There's like an extra layer of organization and, and bureaucracy inside the organization that Queen Sonal works for that makes you go, why are characters redundant? Are they going to be seen as evil so you could take them out without destroying the integrity of this organization? So that's why also this is I'm kind of glad it's a second 
uh, season, which sounds counterintuitive. If things aren't clear, why, why have more? Well, there are seeds there for more storytelling, so why not? But definitely, you can't deny uh, some of the pacing issues here because of the, the multiple number of characters that don't get fully fleshed out motivations. The dialogue is spotty in parts and will have you rolling your eyes if you've ever taken, taken a screenwriting class about uh, subtext and supertext, meaning by that I mean uh, when we have an argument, what I'm telling you is my text, right? The subtext is how I'm feeling. So if someone is hungry, but they go, well, leave me alone, I, I don't want to talk to you right now, uh, it's up to the person to realize, oh, she's irritable or he's irritable because he's hungry. That's the subtext. Well, sometimes, and a lot of times in these scenes, there is no subtext. It's just, I am mad, so I'm being mad. <laughs> I am angry, so I'm being angry. I'm clever, so I'm being clever. And that was ultimately, for me, uh, did not allow the antagonist, uh, Ekaterina, to really hit home because she was playing this archetype of this foreign Russian aggressor who's very, very muted and can look you in the eyes and go, I will destroy you, but she can fight too. Another archetype we've seen a lot, we don't really know the subtext around her, what her other motivations are because everything about her life is played out so it looks kind of flat it looks like she's playing a role so that's something where i can't quite recommend either all in all though i will say it's worth a watch just for the visuals alone for a protagonist alone and hopefully there's more on a scale of i don't know one to ten we're we doing a decimal point scale i'll give it a 6.8 definitely worth a watch definitely worth a watch with friends you guys can discuss it afterwards but nothing you haven't seen before uh as far as a story but as far as the visuals and the representation of Africa, I am here for more. That does it for me in this edition of Flobo Salt on Netflix. There's going to be more episodes and more content coming on the pipe. And if you have a moment, support the homie over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Get access to this show two weeks early along with other bonus content. And until next time, of course, I'll catch you at the movie, the couch, wherever you stream that Netflix app.